1: to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst slash best, Minnesotan essence. <laughs> She's the best damn tapper, most
0: smartest. Most
1: smartest. Chacking <laughs> uh, uh, up your kid here. <laughs> I'm most smartest, and my name's Kenyon.
2: <laughs> I'm the best damn tapper and my name is (laughs) Lucy.
0: And could somebody give me a ride home? I'm just right around the corner and I'm Amanda.
2: Catch us in your mouth and I'll give you a treat. She lives two trailers
1: trailers over.
0: (laughs) Don't listen to her. She lives two trailers over. So
2: be be real easy. easy.
1: (laughs) Okay. I am
0: literally Loretta
1: I just want everyone <laughs> to know that when we are quoting incomprehensible stuff like that It's most likely from the movie Drop Dead Gorgeous cult it's classic Always
0: from Drop Dead Gorgeous And not
1: that- the TV show Drop Dead Diva <laughs> no. <Exactly>. Totally different <laughs> Totally different Yes, check out Drop <laughs> Dead Gorgeous It's kind of hard to find digitally, but it's amazing I have two copies
0: on DVD. No, that was an April Fool's joke. God, I'm still mad about
2: it. What the fuck? You guys. If you have the energy to make that joke, Hulu, you have the energy to fucking do it. Hulu
0: didn't make the joke. (laughs) A tweet went viral saying that it was coming to Hulu from a different account.
2: God damn it.
0: Yeah. Well, I fell them. for it too, y'all. I fell for it too. Ugh.
1: I too have been betrayed, bamboozled and
0: Yeah, I want April Fools' Day to be canceled. <laughs> Ugh, it should be worst. illegal.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh we have a very special fan pick this episode brought to you by fan picker Emily Blair. And mm-hmm. Emily's Emily, Emily Blair, oh. and uh, Emily's pick was fatal accidents.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So was it an accident? accident in quotes? Was
2: it? I a mean, homicide. I picked one
0: that actually was an accident because <laughs> I was like, "This is too bizarre."
2: She misunderstood the assignment. She deliberately. Intentionally, <laughs> yeah. I
0: intentionally misunderstood the assignment.
2: Okay.
1: Amanda, what is our wine crime pairing for fatal accidents? Oh, this (laughs) week
0: we are drinking Wink Wine Club's Field Theory Morverde. And Wink is one of our amazing sponsors that's been with us since day like 70. (laughs) And we love them. They are an online wine club that literally delivers wine to your door they're great. If you are a big wine fanatic or you're new to wine, they are wonderful. If you are new, they actually have like a flavor quiz mm-hmm. that you can take that can help narrow down varietals that you would be, you would like find appealing. If you don't know much about wine, that's a really great place to start. Or you can just forego the quiz altogether and peruse their incredible inventory of wines. And yeah, you sign up, you get a little cart, you can order all la carte. Or you can put four or more bottles in your cart and then they take care of the shipping. You do have to be 21 and have an ID to sign for it. So I often will have mine delivered like to my old job or to the Walgreens where I pick up my prescriptions. It's Mm -hmm. great. Um, and if you use our promo code gals, you get 20 bucks off your first box. Mm-hmm. So head to trywink.com. That's T R Y W I N C.com forward slash gals to check it out, get that 20 bucks off your first box. And we will do a little posting ahead of time on our website of upcoming wink wines. So you can like curate a whining crime box and drink along with us.
1: And ah. I just want to say, if you don't think that you are like, fancy enough or like a wine club person or you're like, I'm a millennial. I can't have a wine oh, club.
0: This is so casual. Yeah,
1: you can. Trust me. If I can, you can.
2: Like, I yeah. have a wine. If the
1: Kenyan can, I'm not... anyone can. <laughs> I'm not like a fan... The Kenyan can. <laughs> the Kenyan can. I'm not like a fancy wine person, but Wink just Mm-mm. makes it so easy and affordable and like Like common sense, so like just yeah. It also makes a great
0: gift. Like if you are thinking, if you it's it's wedding season right now. If you like don't know what to get for somebody, a year of subscription to Wink is like an amazing wedding gift. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be for you, but. You know, it's very creative. I love it. We're big fans. Yeah. So this particular wine is like two on the nose for my case in particular, which deaf has to do with a field. We'll get to it. But.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, okay. 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 I guess mine does too, actually. Okay.
2: Uh, you know, I mention a field too. <laughs> Wait a minute.
0: <laughs> um, but field theory Morved was mostly chosen because of all the possible theories surrounding these oh. bizarre quote unquote accidents that we'll be discussing it. today. Let's owl theory, anyone?
1: There. Oh, okay. I did not get the wine pairing, and we had this no. lined up for like months, and I was like, I, I know. Don't know, okay, she's gonna make I it was, work.
0: I always make it work. I was on the phone with a friend the other day, and we were talking about the staircase, and they like talked about how the owl theory. Could be legit and I lost it. I yeah. almost ended the friendship. I almost yeah. ended the friendship.
1: <laughs> uh, There'd be was more golden. feathers, Karen. God. Yeah, I was like, where's the evidence? You fucking dumbass. Anyway,
0: yeah, <laughs> I'm taking the dog, dumbass. You're anyway, open minded. If you love Cabernet Sauvignon, which I do, then Morverde is possibly your new jam. Morverde is a full-bodied and rustic wine that originated in Spain. Rumor has it that the seafaring Phoenicians brought it over as early as 500 B.C. And I know most of the words in that sentence. (laughs) Um, Seemingly obscure, Morverde is actually used quite often as a blending grape in popular wines such as Chateauneuf de Pup. Which is fucking amazing It's Chatenouf spendy But pop. if you ever get an opportunity <laughs> To pop a Chateauneuf to Pop Fucking duh It's so good um, <laughs> Okay let's it's one keep
1: of, saying it that way Alright pop,
0: pop, pop. It's one of the major grapes Papier, of the Rhone Masche, Along with Grenache down. and Syrah I'm ignoring you and continuing It is an explosion of dark oh. fruit Flowers like violet and herbaceous aromas of black pepper, thyme, and red
1: meat. Herbaceous red meat.
0: Always. It can be almost gamey, which is why it's often blended, but this particular bottle is a single varietal wine out of California and expresses all the great qualities of the grape without any of the gaminess, apparently. I haven't opened it yet. Um... This bottle clocks in at 13.9%. So you should be able to sneak a glass or two at work without even seeming drunk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and
0: um, not recommended, yeah, but no, Jesus. not if
1: you're driving or working with children or
0: you do you. I uh, need wine to work with children. <laughs> Are you kidding me?
1: <laughs> um, we get drunk at work.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. We're no.
1: a special case.
0: Exactly, but um, It is recommended that this wine Decant for about 20 minutes To allow it to soften before enjoying I won't be doing that But actually when you don't decant it It could be kind of interesting to see how it opens up If you kind of take your time drinking through it Okay So when I when you pop it and pour this right away It's going to taste different than The glass you pour the second time You know what I mean?
1: Totally, alright
0: It's kind of fun, it's kind of fun to see the evolution Mmm, like so a butterfly. this butterfly. Yeah. Uh, this is a popper. If you need a wine key in your kitchen, you can he- head over to our online store, wine and crime and order yourself a nice pop wine key. Yeah. Big
1: fan. We, it does the trick. We also have other merch. Like we say fucking we patriarchy a lot. We got that on a bunch of merch. Just head on over. See what you like.
0: Come on down. All right. Uh, Unlike Lucy and Kenyon, I like to cheat and start these bottles before (laughs) popping (laughs) so I don't have to cram it between my legs and break a sweat. It's
2: the only way to do it because you've already done that.
0: Thine own. (laughs) (laughs) Are we ready? Yes. Ready? Okay. Let's get this little girl on.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, ooh. Ooh.
0: oh hoo, hoo. red, ooh. needy pup. Was it red, a pop? red pet. Pa- or was it a noofta A shut the noofta pup. <laughs> All right. Nailed it. Oh,
2: my God. All right. Lucy. Cheers. Let's Cheers. do this. What <laughs> Crickets.
0: This? <laughs> <laughs> I need to make my soundboard for awkward pauses. <laughs>
1: there are
2: so many
1: i just John, have like make little the soundboard <laughs> moments of being brain dead lucy what is it. our background and maybe psych for fatal accidents
2: oh well let's just let's just get right into it for the record I didn't really know how to start my notes, so I just straight up Googled how to kill someone and make it look like an accident.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. You're on a
2: list. So, (laughs) hi, NSA. And also, if you are actually trying to kill someone and make it look like an accident, that is rule number one. Don't fucking Google it. Do
1: not Google that. And, yes, even if you delete your search history, they can find it. And, like, you kind of have to, like— Maybe go to like a public library in a different county, yeah.
2: Yeah. But even at libraries, you have to enter your library card number a lot of times, even just to just don't Google it, just don't Google it, just listen to this episode. Phone a friend, use your noggin, yeah, or listen to the following because I give lots of tips. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, you come to the right place.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you want to know how to fake your own death? Go listen to that episode. You want to know how to make it look like an accident? Go listen to that episode. You want to know how to mummify a hot dog? Go listen to that episode.
2: (laughs) Oh, we haven't actually done that yet. This weekend, Amanda. Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) Perfect.
2: Okay, so if you want someone dead, but you don't want it to look like a murder or a mysterious death that would invite further investigation... You want to make it look like an accident, and inconveniently, it's very risky in most scenarios to even attempt this Mm -hmm. because the odds of, like, killing someone outright, I mean. Well, mm
0: -hmm. something's always off. Like, I did that- case from the hometown episodes of my neighbor who like pushed his wife out of a window but then put her in the front seat of the car and rammed it into a telephone pole to like Mm -hmm. make it look like she had gotten into a car accident and the fucking like forensic shit never adds up right like it's always gonna bleed back to the way they actually died yeah
1: this isn't 1974 like we've got this figured out for the most part
0: there are yeah. no longer ghosts in your blood do cocaine about it like <laughs> treatments
2: these days. We Solution. have technology
0: now. Yeah.
2: Um, I will say that one major perk to killing someone and making it look like an accident is that you don't have to fuck with the body. You don't have to try to hide it. True. You know? Bury in most it,
1: clean up the blood.
2: Yeah. Yeah, right. So um one way this isn't necessarily an accident, but it it came up in a lot of the articles that I read. You could make their death look like a suicide, mm-hmm. um, in which case a note would be helpful to convince others, including and especially the family, mm-hmm. but um, there's lots to criticize in terms of handwriting and content, and also just um, in a lot of cases the family— eh, I say this knowing full well that depression hides in the open. Like, right. suicidal thought, anybody can, it, it comes out of nowhere in a lot of circumstances. And the family mm-hmm. is like, oh, I didn't see this coming. She seemed so happy and cheerful. So right. it's not like that's not a factor, but you know.
0: But also, like, ballistics technology can help determine if someone did. It's like self-inflict, especially if it's like a gunshot wound. Mm-hmm. Like you still gonna get got.
2: Yeah, and there also might be some element of coercion. Um, for example, like forcing somebody to jump off a boat, or forcing somebody to put a noose around their neck, or something like that. Right. Or right. Um, so that a suicide note. Yep. So that would be difficult. And uh, because the medical examiner would notice either signs of a struggle or inconsistencies in the manner of death with evidence from the scene. Mm-hmm. So, like in the in the hanging scenario, if you were to kill the person before you strung them up to make it look like they hung themselves, you know, what? This person also has a knife wound. Yeah. That's weird. They'd figure you know? that out for sure. For sure. So, if the intended—okay, so I'm going to go through some ways to do this. Come to the right place. <laughs> um, if the intended victim is allergic to something, peanuts, for example. Watch that out. Yes. Is right. Watch out. Right husband.
1: <laughs> oh, God.
2: <laughs> the wife always did it. Um, you would have to make sure that it was impossible to access like an EpiPen or call an ambulance in this case. So maybe if you were on a camping trip. With mm-hmm. some modified granola bars, I also think oh, it would yeah. be too suspicious to like give someone homemade cookies. You know, yeah, because that would be very easily tied to you. Mm-hmm. So I think you'd have to modify like an existing product to to even get close to getting away with it. Mm-hmm. You could go on safari and feed them to lions. Oh and in this case you could Love easily this plan y- you could easily kill them first because superficial wounds wouldn't look suspicious because you're fucking eaten by a lion or like you know right. mauled to death by a lion. Yeah, they'd be gone. Mm-hmm.
1: Also, watch out, husband. <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: y'all go on safari like regularly. A lot. Yeah. Zach. And is now gonna that die. I think about
2: it, we haven't heard from Zach since last summer.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> You'll see him in June, maybe. Will we? Maybe. Hmm.
0: Oh, <laughs> curiouser and curiouser.
2: <laughs> curiouser. You could push them down the stairs a la Michael Peterson twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which apparently worked for him, minus 14 years in prison, whatever. Um, You could go to the beach when the tide is going out. (laughs) Yeah.
0: OMG, just let them float out to sea. That's fucking brutal.
2: On that note, you could just go kayaking with my dad because he almost killed both himself and Corey a few years ago doing the same thing. Yeah, the ocean is a cruel bitch.
0: I love the ocean, but yeah, she'll get you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, mm, actually do yeah. any real event with my dad and you have like a 30% chance of dying. Hunting
0: accident, <laughs> yeah. fishing accident, mm-hmm. moose 100%. slipper making accident.
2: Hockey, ice skate Hockey blade to the accident. Throat.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Driving up to the cabin accident. Mm-hmm. We were
2: just cleaning the moose in the barn and it just fell and crushed him because yeah. moose are fucking enormous. I don't know what happened. Mm hmm. You could get a tick that's like pre-programmed with Lyme disease or encephalitis, and just release it in their bed. Hope for the best. That might be a long death, but at least it wouldn't necessarily come back to you. A very long death.
0: (laughs) And also, like, there's no guarantee that the tick will even bite them. You know, like it's likely in the
2: bed. That's
1: a long shot, but I like
2: your energy. I like it. You know what? This is a long list. So some of them, they can't all be winners, you know? Right, right, right. You could go ice fishing a little too late in the season. Oh, yeah. hmm mm-hmm. You could get them drunk and shove them in front of a train. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be pretty easy. hmm Throw Mama mm-hmm. from the train.
0: I was yeah. just going to say that.
2: <laughs> get Mama drunk and throw her in the path of a train. It's fine. Or Subway for that matter. Mm-hmm. But there's probably cameras. Mm-hmm. Go with a train in a rural area, like right outside some small-town dive bar. Yeah. I'm sure people die that way all the time. That sounds fun. You—I know, right? Small-town dive bar. Mm-hmm. Go on a hike. Get, quote-unquote, lost. Yeah. Let the panic set in. Tie them up. Let them die of hypothermia. Then untie them. Then rescue yourself and be like, we were lost. I don't know where she went. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hmm um, you could fiddle with the gas in their home or any appliances that or any appliance that emits carbon monoxide and then let them slip away peacefully in their sleep. Yeah, but the
1: trouble Aww. is you gotta be away. You gotta be like out of town or some shit. Oh yeah. for all of the above, you need like a
2: strong alibi.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. really, except for the hiking one, which seems to work more often than not. It's a little bit yeah, or even like hike. The-
0: even like the peanut allergy one, I feel like you could be present for that and be like, yeah. they didn't have their EpiPen and I, you know, we were isolated or whatever. Mm-hmm.
2: You just really got to think it through depending on your plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really just go through every, be the be the little finger of this murder. Mm-hmm. You have to anticipate oh
0: my God, yes. three steps
2: ahead. <laughs> Again, giving can- advice to the murderers. Mm-hmm. Always, always. <laughs> You could slip someone some foxglove, a.k.a. digitalis. So it's like a flower. It's a very pretty flower. And um, foxglove can induce vomiting, diarrhea, tremors, seizures, cardiac, arrhythmia, stroke, and death. It's also super hard slash impossible to trace. Ooh, good to know. Also,
0: I mommy feel like loves an untraceable poison.
1: This might have like really informed my entire personality, but as a kid, <laughs> I had this like <laughs> weird children's book that was like definitely British and it had like these beautiful illustrations of like fairies and like each fairy was like linked to a particular flower but like several of those flowers were poisonous so they were like evil fairies cool it was like this beautiful book and was I, there a lily of the valley fairy? Oh yeah, there was. There was foxglove, like everything, and then they had like a little poem about the fairy and about the flower, and all the like poisonous ones were like super fucking dark. Oh my god! <laughs> it was I awesome. Love it.
2: Yeah, it was like <laughs> my favorite book as a child. <laughs> jealous. Find that book, get it out of storage. It's probably in my parents' attic. I need it. Yeah, I definitely still have it, but yeah, it is probably at your parents' house. (laughs) Um, Okay, arson could be a good way to go if you're handy with electrical wiring, which we are not. Nope. (laughs) Nope. According to crime shows in general, it's shockingly difficult to get away with arson if you're just like pouring some gas and lighting a Mm -hmm. match. Mm -hmm. You would think with the With what you see as, like, a horribly destroyed house, like, they can get in there and know exactly what the fuck happened. Yeah, yeah,
0: those, like, fire investigators are so well trained to see, like, very subtle differences in burn patterns and, Mm -hmm. like, figure out where the origin of the burn is and all that Mm -hmm. shit.
1: Yeah, I would not mess with
2: arson unless you really know what you're doing. Murderer. Okay, well, uh, my next sentence, if you figure out a way to organically cause a circuit to explode or, like, whatever the fuck, um, and it just so happened to be next to a pile of quick burning clothes or window curtains as opposed to furniture, which burns more slowly, Mm. you could possibly get away with it without suspicion if it looked—I mean, houses catch on fire. Right. They do. Right. So if you figured out a way to just kind of make that happen Mm -hmm. and not use an accelerant— that looked out of place, Mm -hmm. could happen. Mm -hmm. You could also make it look like a car accident on the highway. Mm -hmm. High speeds would make death comparatively likely, but also if they didn't die, they might be able to tell the authorities what happened and who did it. Mm -hmm. And also car accident reconstructionists are equally as talented as these flame investigator dudes, um, dudes and dudettes. They could, also, they could be able to figure it out whether or not they died.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, better yet, find a way to make the person, your intended victim, drive into the water. Or maybe you could kill them first, get some water into their lungs, and then get the car with the body in it into the water. Um, if it's likely that the body would be significantly decomposed before it's discovered. Right. So on that note, mm. a lake or a river with lots of fish and turtles— would definitely help there. Get rid of the bod.
1: It's also hard to like get water into the lungs if they're not breathing when they go under.
0: Right. right. Yeah.
2: You'd have to try though, because that's like the dead giveaway. Right. Pun intended. Maybe Some, we should reframe all of this as like, if
1: you're investigating a murder, look I'm at it. Yeah, reframing shit. <laughs> Okay. <laughs>
0: if you're taking any of these things too seriously, <laughs> you might need Talkspace.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we got a good talk space segue, so just you wait. Um, you could try a stray bullet. A mm-hmm. um, little bit of recent news. Just this past month, 25-year-old Michaela Redinger Redinger. Redinger was killed while driving over the Cedar River near a wooded area in Waterloo, Iowa. Um, One of her two passengers named Adam Kimball, who was also her boyfriend, was wounded. So a bullet came out of nowhere. It was 2.30 in the morning. They were driving home from work, like at a bar, which is disturbing, especially to me, because I used to work in Waterloo. And I took this exact route back home. Yeah. And I was frequently Yikes. driving on in this exact place at two whatever in the morning because it was also a bartending job. Jeez. So the bullet came through her window, hit her in the neck. I think it might have gone through her neck and then hit Adam in the mouth. And the bullet actually got lodged in his tongue. Oh. Oh, my God. So she okay, had, So she had time to pull over and then she she bled out she died. Adam survived and then there was a third passenger who wasn't injured at all. What the but fuck? Like,
1: and it definitely came from like outside the vehicle like
2: yep. Oh yeah. The cops don't have any suspects or any further information. They they think wow. that it was a hunter because it was over the river and and through the woods. But um they don't know. They don't know. Two
1: thirty a.m.
2: hunting. Jesus, that's what Christ. I'm saying. I know. Like I know. What? Michaela was a graduate of U and I, my alma mater. She played softball, and she was very well liked. And like I said, this especially creeps me out because evidently, aside from this athleticism, she and I had a lot in common. <laughs> Um, but yeah, who would ever 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 see something like this coming? That's like this so is just freak scary. accident written all over it. Well, there it's are so so, so
1: so many people die from stray bullets every year. I mean, in so many different scenarios and it's just so tragic. It's just mm-hmm. uh
2: oh my god. One of my also you and I related one of my profess my English professors when I was going there, um this was this was after I graduated for sure, but she was riding with her family um, through I think I want to say they were in like Illinois maybe they were driving they were on a on a trip and she was str- the same thing happened. a bullet came through her window while they were on the highway and hit her in the in the jaw. Good oh Lord. my God it shattered her jaw. she's fine now but like, She got shot in the fucking face while she was riding in the car with her husband and two kids. Like, Uh, it's wild. Ugh, all right. Midwest, guys. The Midwest. Watch out. Um, Okay, so you know how there's like a rash of selfie deaths at national parks? Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah.
1: Like like, by a cliff kind of thing? Yeah, like yeah. they try to
0: take a photo of themselves in like a very beautiful landscape, mm-hmm. and they fucking like
2: fall into the Grand Canyon. Like so, it literally happened. Yeah, it
1: just happened. Just happened to someone sort of famous
2: last week, I think. There was like a social media influencer that plunged to her death recently. Yeah. Okay. But in, I mean, it seems like a really easy way to off somebody for sure. Um, it's in, people would totally
0: believe it if I did it. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. There's a photo of me just sitting with my legs over the side of the Grand Canyon on my Instagram right now. My hands- And somebody have- else took the photo.
2: Our trip to Cape Town actually resulted in a lot of photos of me at really high
0: High places. altitudes on the edge of a cliff.
2: <laughs> my yeah. hands
1: are instant
2: sweaty just
1: talking about this. Ugh. I love it.
2: Well, I will say at least in the photos that I posed for and took... It looks like I'm super high up, like I'm dangling over a precipice, but it's not. I mean, there's like a, a hill behind me or something. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so in September 2012, Dr. Tony Henthorne fell to her death from a 50-foot cliff in Rocky Mountain National Park while taking a photo. Mm-hmm. God damn it. It happened on the day of her 12th wedding anniversary to her husband, Harold Henthorn. Henthorn. Yeah, he did Should it. Did you say Hentham? Right. Who said that he was on his phone at the time of her fall and didn't see exactly how she fell, which as a side note, it is good to avoid details when denying that you were involved in a crime. If she
1: was posing for a photo, who was taking the photo?
2: No, she, she was, was just taking, taking a it. It wasn't oh, a selfie. She oh. was just straight up taking a photo okay. when she oh, fell. got it. Okay, okay. Uh Tony had a $4.5 million life insurance policy. That's a big one. Oh, un. very interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, she was a very talented ophthalmologist, so she uh, she had money. So okay. That's where that insurance policy came in. After Tony's death, investigators started looking into Harold, as one should definitely do.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They found mm-hmm. that while outwardly he was a devoted father and volunteer for churches and charities— he didn't actually have a job. Mm-hmm. And he didn't he hadn't had a job for like a long time. Mm-hmm. They also found on his police record that he had he had shoplifted forty-seven dollars and forty-nine cents worth of men's underwear like twenty years earlier. Which curiouser he lied about. And
0: curiouser.
1: Well So he Okay, but also. Never I trusted mean,
0: underwear thief.
1: Sure. Shoplifting he, he not was
2: great, but like twenty years earlier. He was presenting himself as like a religious family man. He, as far as I could tell, lied about having a job, okay, which is that's not important, right. and also had lied to his, to everyone in his life about the shoplifting thing. So
0: he's showing a little bit of a pattern of dishonesty. Mm-hmm.
2: He has a history of lying, which is what these two points are meant to show. Mm-hmm. So upon further digging, investigators found that Harold's first wife, oh. Sandra, died in nineteen ninety-five under odd circumstances as no, well. Oh, I hate mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. This one is even wackier. Mm-hmm. So so Sandra was riding in their Jeep with Harold at the wheel in a remote area, obviously. Um, When he said that one of the tires felt, quote, spongy, so he pulled over to change it. He thought that they, like, you know, they had a flat tire. Right. Sandra, for whatever reason, ended up underneath the car looking for a missing lug nut when the car fell off the jack and crushed her.
1: This is disturbingly close to my own lived experience of a Jeep with a flat tire and a missing lug nut.
2: Yep. Yeah,
1: I was was in the car
2: with you. We could have died. We both. (laughs) I fucked with your tire. Could have died. Yep. Yeah, you did. Ugh. (laughs) Oh, Jeep. Our next (laughs) advertiser.
0: Jeepers creepers. (laughs)
2: Um. Okay. So, let's see. Harold collected almost a half million dollars from Sandra's life insurance policy. Obviously, his second wife had much more in life insurance, so he. He got away with it once, so he fucking killed Tony, too, and mm-hmm. God uh, thought he'd get away with it again. hmm Harold was sentenced to life without parole in 2015 and has lost subsequent appeals. Um, in terms of psychology, one article I read purported that Harold um, could fall into the category of a borderline sociopath, mm-hmm. meaning that he doesn't quite meet the criteria for a full-on sociopath, but he does occasionally carry out antisocial acts. Like killing his, his wives. M- right the yeah. ultimate
0: antisocial act
2: <laughs> and they were and they were saying that um it's likely that that he that they that they weren't premeditated that they were just um he Opportunities. just impulsively took advantage of the situation he was opportunistic right. that's terrifying so yeah that kind of factored into this um not hard and fast diagnosis of uh, borderline sociopathy mm mm-hmm. Um, I should note that a big reason why people choose accidental murders is because in many countries, as there should be, there are laws on the books preventing someone from keeping any money made by committing a crime if they're caught for it. So inheritance and life insurance are big motivating factors for making a death look like an accident. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. Because you can't get the money otherwise. Got it. Mm -hmm.
2: And as we talked about in the faking your own death um, episode the insurance companies are really unlikely to pay out if there's no body. Yeah. So you can't just make someone disappear. You need a body and like an explanation for their death. Yep. True. Um, so as we kind of said before, if you're planning on killing someone, this is very basic. Make sure you have an alibi and also consider hiring (laughs) a professional as they would probably have a better idea of how to make it look like something other than a homicide. And they're also used to killing people. So they won't like hesitate at the last minute and fuck it up.
1: Email us at one.
2: (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) For more of Uh, Lucy's
1: tips and tricks.
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Well, that's my segment well that's <laughs> horrifying
1: and lucy Fantastic. definitely needs help from our next sponsor
0: Storyworth makes it easy and fun for your loved ones to share their stories with weekly email story prompts questions you've never thought to ask let me tell you at the end of the year they'll get their stories bound in a beautiful hardcover book you can strengthen your family bonds and get to know your loved ones in a whole new way here is how it works You purchase a subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends them an email with a question about their life. They simply reply to this email with their story. All stories are private and only shared with family that you choose. And after a year,
1: their stories will be bound into a beautiful keepsake book. StoryWorth is just a really great way to connect with your family, it's a great way to stay in touch, it helps you bridge those geographic distances, like if you live in South (laughs) Africa, by providing lively discussion topics, and it helps you learn about your relatives. So these questions elicit entertaining, surprising, sometimes even moving responses, and it helps you preserve your memories so you can pass on treasures to your children and their future families one year of weekly story prompts and then a hardcover printed book, black and white interior with a color cover, up to 480 pages.
2: That is like... For those loquacious loved ones. That's a Game of Thrones book. (laughs) It's an encyclopedia. Mm -hmm. So you can write stories and upload photos by email, on the web or in the app. There is an app to make it easy for you. You can invite an unlimited number of people to receive those stories, which is really cool. And you can save and edit all of your stories on storyworth.com your data is secure and everything is private by default you control who sees your stories lest your grandmother have has a rather salacious <laughs> my grandmother
0: <laughs> <It really> <laughs>
2: <happened>. <laughs> so on that note i've been working with Storyworth um, with my grandmother and we are going to gift this book to my dad for father's day it is a wonderful father's day gift So many cool stories. I think it's just the coolest gift that you could give to somebody. Your dad has a lot of stories. About killing moose, being
1: at the cabin.
0: Trying to
2: kill all my
0: boyfriends. Going to
1: the USSR. (laughs) Oh my God. That
0: book is going to You're going to need two story worth books. It's going to be amazing. For real. So, I mean, I know Lucy's going to need it, but if you need $20 off... (laughs) You can visit storyworth.com forward slash gals for, uh, for when you subscribe. Again, that's for $20 off by visiting storyworth.com forward slash gals. When you subscribe, treat
2: your dad, treat your loved ones, treat your legacy. So this happens all the time, at least to me. I'm sure it happens to all of you, too. You fall in love with a shampoo or a conditioner, and then, bam, one day it doesn't seem to be working its magic Mm -hmm. quite as well anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Function of beauty addresses all of your hair concerns, not just one. Most drugstore brands only address a single concern, like Volumize or Strengthen. And, you know, like I said, they don't always last that long. Some of
1: us need all the help we can get. (laughs) Literally all
0: of us need all the help we can get.
2: And with Function of Beauty, you can choose up to five hair goals to add to your formulation.
0: Love it. I also love that there is total customization. Function of Beauty individually formulates every bottle just for you based on your hair type, hair goals, and preferences. So for me personally, this was really nice because obviously I have vivid colored hair and I could specifically choose things that are for both my fine hair i need that volume my vivid color preservation and the scent that i yeah. like i got mm-hmm. peach um, you can get it without any scent you can get it without any dyes but i got mine with a little hint of peach i got it uh, with blue dye i wonder why i know it doesn't actually make my hair bluer but like i just love it's it. on brand exactly it's super on brand and it's my fave um, so you select your color, your fragrance, or you can offer, like I said, dye-free and fragrance-free. And then you name your formula. minus Formula of Munders, which is my nickname. <laughs> um, and the products are so personalized that your name is even printed on the bottle. Mm-hmm. And that's really nice because if you, like, try a formula, you can name it, and then you can try a different formula another time and name it, and then you know exactly which formula is which. Um, and I also love that it is salon-level quality at a better price. They are over 40% less per ounce than leading salon brands. I can't tell you how much money I've saved doing this instead of buying a million different products to address a million different hair concerns. It's amazing.
1: You can get Function of Beauty too. So listeners will receive 20% off their first custom formula. And to claim that deal, go to functionofbeauty.com forward slash gals. Now, and take the quick two-minute hair profile quiz. We love love a good good quiz. quiz. (laughs) (laughs) To design your 100% unique shampoo and conditioner formulas, go to functionofbeauty.com forward slash gals now to redeem 20% off your first order at functionofbeauty.com forward slash gals. That is functionofbeauty.com forward slash gals. Treat your hair. Treat it. All right. <clears throat> 2008.
0: Oh, the Wayback Machine. Yeah, uh, A great year for Nelly.
2: Yep. Both for Tato and <laughs> the rapper. And uh, 2008 was my favorite year of college. I'll say that. It Such was a, a great year. year. It
1: was a good year for sure. Lucy sent me via the mail a hand burned cd including the song soldier boy or the whatever Joy. song from soldier boy them.
2: yeah yeah oh yeah i remember the that song i still Soulja Soulja boy. have that thing. Hands- you in like Mumbai. such
1: a mom. yeah and a handwritten explanation of um i was in paris actually when you sent it to me but then you also sent like a handwritten explanation of how to do the
2: dance i had never heard of any of this Superman. All right, I knew that living abroad can be quite isolating when it comes to like pop culture. So yeah, you're welcome. No, you saved me. It was great. So 2008, Borden,
1: like Lizzie Borden, Western Australia. Ooh.
2: Oh, I can feel my foot again. (laughs) Thought I'd update you. Thank you for the update. She's back. She's back. Great. (laughs) No, she's a (laughs) foot. (laughs) Fucking Christ.
1: All right. 56-year-old Susie Johnston and her husband Gregory owned a farm in a remote part of Australia's great southern region. Around this time, the population of the surrounding area was just 164 people. So it was a really small, (laughs) tight-knit farming community.
0: Yeah, that is real small. Roll
1: small. Susie and Greg had been married for 25 years, and they had two daughters, um, Felicity and Elise. I believe Felicity was like 17 or 18 at this time. I couldn't find out exactly how old Elise was, but I think she was a little bit older because her husband was already in the picture, and he was already being referred to as the son-in-law. And Felicity was in love
0: with Ben, but she was really meant to be with Noel.
1: <laughs> which one's which? Which one
0: is... And then she cut her hair and the whole all town collapsed. went crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I liked her short hair. I did too, mm-hmm. but it was very shocking. I, Shockwave yeah. sent through the nation.
1: Hated the short hair. <laughs> which one was which, Ben or Noel? Darker hair was Noel?
0: Yeah, darker hair was Noel and Ben was the hot blonde that mm-hmm. she like... Followed to New York, so like that's why she ended up in New York. But he didn't even know she existed, y'all. Which
1: one had the smirk? I mean Ben. Ben, I okay. used to at the time I was into Noel but then I rewatched recently and was like Ben a thousand percent.
0: Yeah, Noel, they painted the picture of him as like the nerdy, like the nice guy that nobody will pay attention to. But he kind of had some like incel bullshit where he felt like he was entitled to her affection. And it's like, get the fuck over it. She didn't like you.
2: Yeah. Bye. You lost, bruh. Bye. Doesn't hold up well in
1: this age of me too. No. No. Anyway. Okay. You're welcome, everyone.
0: We're back. Well, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. So Gilmore <laughs> Girls. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no. All right. Now we're talking.
1: So Susie <laughs> has been described by everyone who knew her as a lovely, caring person. And by all accounts, the pair appeared to have a happy marriage. Uh-oh. December 6th, 2008. The Johnston- fateful day. Yeah. The Johnston's neighbors spotted smoke coming from the adjacent property and went to go check that everything was all right. When they arrived on the scene, they discovered the Johnston family car. I don't know the exact make and model. It looks like a station wagon in the pictures. Had crashed. It was a Jeep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had crashed into a tree on their property and was engulfed in flames. Mm. Oh, jeez. The neighbors... Job. Roadhead is dangerous, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the neighbors tried to extinguish the blaze with a water tank from their farm, but I don't think they were successful, and they gave up and went to the Johnston h- house to check on the family, because they didn't know who was in the vehicle at that point. There was no movement from the vehicle. Nobody was, like, screaming, help me, or anything. Like, it was just a car on fire. Quote, they found Mr. Johnston lying on the kitchen floor. He wasn't physically hurt, but he was highly distressed, sobbing, and, quote, in shock. He said that he and Susie had been driving on their farm. Somehow the vehicle crashed into the tree and set fire while Susie was still inside. She was mm-hmm. trapped in the burning vehicle. I didn't read anything about the passenger door ever being opened, like either from the inside or outside, mm-hmm. which seems strange to me. Yeah,
0: suspicious.
1: So she's trapped in the burning vehicle. Quote, medical evidence later showed that Mrs. Johnston was alive as the car burned with the cause of <gasps> death eventually ruled as smoke inhalation and incineration.
2: Ooh. Ooh. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what you would expect from the story so far. Well, it, yeah. No, but I hate it. It's bad. But
1: Greg Johnston escaped uninjured. Not a scratch oh, on how him Oh, lucky.
2: Fucking Greg.
1: Mm-hmm. Greg then walked back to the house and at some point made a triple O call, which is like Australia's 911. I couldn't figure out whether he made the call before or after the neighbors showed up. I feel like if he made the call before the neighbors showed up, that would be a little more in his favor. But if he waited until the neighbors showed up and he was like sobbing yeah. on the floor and then was like, oh, I guess uh, I should call o one one or
2: 0 0 At mm-hmm. least here they make you stay on the phone till like the police come. So you'd think that at that point he hadn't called yet if he wasn't still on the phone.
0: Yeah. Yeah, But who knows? Even if, even if an operator encourages you to stay on the phone, if you just hang up, that doesn't mean they're not going to dispatch. Right. Help, you know?
1: Yeah. Right. I'm just saying, yeah, it's a good point. We don't know for sure, but yeah, that is a good point in favor of he waited until the neighbors came to call. I haven't listened to the call. It can be found online. Um, and some point I
0: hate listening to 911 calls. They're so disturbing. Yeah,
1: I'm not a fan. Um I have done it, but I'm not that into it. So it's a lot of people point to the call as proof that he was faking his grief cuz apparently he sounds really over the top, but that's just from what I read. I haven't listened to it.
2: Well, I'd be fucking extra if that had happened to me too.
1: Yeah, and you also never know how someone is going to respond in that case. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Over the years, Greg gave varying accounts of the crash to both police and family members. Initially, Greg said that he'd, quote, blacked out at the wheel and couldn't remember anything after that. So that was his Mm, first. Convenient. That was his first story. Later in 2012 or 2013, he told his daughter Felicity, I hate your haircut. And (laughs) (laughs) I was merely distracted. (laughs) No, I was merely distracted at the time of the crash. Thinking about your haircut, and that's why your mother (laughs) died.
0: You should be ashamed. I was
1: debating the Felicity thing. Oh, I was de- keep up Debating between Noel and Ben and I was <laughs> distracted and I drove us into a tree.
2: We were arguing about Noel versus Ben.
1: Yeah. And then in 2017 he changed his story yet again, telling his daughters that Susie had actually grabbed the steering wheel and driven into the tree. Okay, fuck that. So now he's killed her, and he's like
0: further trying to make her Blime out to her. be to blame for all of this. Yes, yeah. so mm-hmm. all, all he's so gross. I'm assuming he killed her because that's like the whole thing about this episode. Well, but still, we
1: don't know. But in 2017, Greg also said in an interview that his wife was trying to kill them both. So he was due Ooh, talk for, off. he was driving, but he claimed she grabbed the steering wheel in an attempt to kill them both. He said, quote, she wanted us both to go. Not a scratch on him. Yeah, I have I have questions. Quote, crash experts concluded tire tracks did not support the gradual drift. Associated with a driver blackout, but rather that the car had been steered to the right deliberately and then straightened up as it approached the tree. Well, then this makes sense why he would change his story. Right, because of the tire tracks. He had to change the mm-hmm. story. The prosecution would argue that the evidence suggests Greg had, quote, incapacitated his wife somehow, got her into the car, drove into the tree at medium speed and then set the car on fire making it look like an accident because if she hadn't been incapacitated somehow she would have had time to get out of the car of course she could have become incapacitated in the crash like if she had hit her head and become concussed or something true um an expert testified that the fire was not deliberately lit but rather was caused by the rupturing of fuel lines in the vehicle's engine compartment after the crash.
2: Okay. So it definitely did crash into a tree, and that's why the fire started. Yeah, that's what we
0: know. His intention originally was to fake an accident to kill his wife, but then the added bonus of the car lighting on fire just happened.
1: It's also a very old, it looks like an older car. And like, if he knew, I don't know if he knows about cars, he's a farmer. Maybe he knows enough about cars. I'm not sure, but like mm-hmm. right to repair. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but the prosecution also highlighted the fact that quote, there were no signs of soot, singeing or smoke on Greg's body. Interesting. As might be expected if he had been involved in such a fiery accident or, like, if he had been, like, you know, at first incapacitated in the crash and then, like, came to when it was on fire and, like, was only able to get himself out but couldn't save her, you know, like, the whole no, thing. No, he, like, yeah.
0: knocked this poor lady out, put her in the car, and sent her careening into a tree. He wasn't even in the fucking car.
2: And if he had no smoke or singeing on him, that means that he got—if he was even in the car— that means he got out well before it started on fire, right. and definitely could have tried but to get he her out too. But then he also
0: didn't have a scratch on him, so it's like I don't think he was even in the car at the, at the time of the impact.
2: Well, also, th- what you then you run back up to the house and start crying on the kitchen floor, like that's what you do. Yeah, you don't even try to get her out of the
1: car or douse the fire so or confused. what have you.
2: Yeah.
1: So was this a real? Tragic accident? Was it staged and a murder? Did Susie complete suicide? Was she trying to murder her husband and complete suicide in the process? Question mark, question mark. Unfortunately, a lot of the forensic evidence besides the tire marks didn't survive the inferno. So, like, we can't tell if she was, like, on sleeping pills. Mm-hmm. You know, like she's, yeah. you know, whatever. Or like if... Oh, she, like they
0: couldn't get a... A cause
2: toxicology Because of the fire, they report. can't get the
1: toxicology,
0: yeah. Yeah, the
2: She's old, probably so badly burned that they couldn't even tell if she'd been like hit on the head like separately or whatever. Well, what they would normally be able to tell.
1: Yeah, the only thing they could tell was that she did have smoke inhalation. So she wasn't... She wasn't killed before and then put in the vehicle.
2: Um, yeah, but, that's, but our theory of incapacitation before the car.
1: Could very well be the case, yeah. So we don't have as much forensic evidence as we would like to go on, but let's examine the circumstantial evidence. Let's It's speculate my favorite wild. evidence. Wildly. Let's. So the case for murder. Not really surprisingly because fucking patriarchy but oh, Jesus. Greg would later admit to being unfaithful in his marriage on multiple occasions. Boys will be boys. Fucking it! Mm. The most important of which was a relationship he had with a woman he'd met in an internet chat room named Jenny Yu. Four months before his wife's death, Greg paid Miss You $1,000, allegedly for a back massage.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's where I troll for all my masseuse. Masseuses. In an online chat room. Yeah. Yeah. Also, $1,000
1: definitely the going rate for a massage.
0: It's a really legit <laughs> massage.
1: <laughs> I want to be making the kind
0: of money where I can like not jokingly get a thousand dollar massage.
1: <laughs> I don't, Sign me I up. don't even think that exists. Like I don't even think Lady Gaga's massages are a thousand dollars, but I could be wrong. I bet I could find one. Yeah. So he did later confess that this had been an improper massage. Uh, wow! No one saw that, but he, but he told his son-in-law that he'd intended to get a a regular massage, but then it quote turned <laughs> out not to be legitimate. It just sort of happened. Yeah, and he didn't stop it. It just he just went with it. Didn't want to be impolite. me? Yeah. Uh. So then he gave another five hundred dollars to Missy U on another occasion. Not long after. And then two weeks after his wife's accident, Greg withdrew $15,000 from their shared bank account and gave it to Miss You. She
0: is raking.
1: Mm-hmm. And just nine months after his wife's tragic death, so in September 2009, Greg married his former mistress in secret. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a
2: real yeah. dumbass. <laughs> yeah.
1: hmm Jesus.
0: The John and Like I know that men often remarry more quickly after the death of a spouse than a woman because men are giant babies, they can't be alone. But this is still looking pretty fucking suspicious.
1: hmm The Johnston yeah. daughters met Jenny Yu for the first time the following year. I did read one account that she was celebrating Easter with them just months after their mother's death, but I don't know which of these is true, so let's go with what the daughter said that they met her in 2010. But one thing is for certain, the daughters didn't find out about their father's remarriage until seven years later at the trial. What? He just
0: kept... <laughs> they didn't know he was married <laughs> no. to her at all for that seven
2: years? Yep. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Yeah, I'd be fucking pissed if I was Miss You. Uh, who knows? Mm, I think
0: she's aware of the dodginess of this situation, in my opinion. I
1: mean, it sounds like at least initially she was in it for money. So, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's the... Real problem, but like, yeah, doesn't sound like a love match. Let's put it that way. So, um, of course, what would a cheating husband slash mysteriously dead wife story be without the question of life insurance? Always. At trial, the prosecution would state that Mr. Johnston mistakenly believed his wife had taken out a $100,000 life insurance policy just days before her death and to which he was the sole beneficiary. The prosecution would further argue that Greg was afraid he'd be forced to sell the farm if if he were to divorce his wife or potentially just lose it to bankruptcy. And he also believed that he would get a life insurance payout from his wife's death. So this would have been ample motivation for murder. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's clearly the only way out, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who wants a divorce when you can just kill your wife in a fiery blaze? The mother of your
2: two (laughs) children. So much simpler. Those were some good massages.
1: Yeah. Damn. So, meanwhile, the defense claimed that while Susie had talked with her husband about taking out a life insurance policy, he had actually encouraged her not to before her death. But this Mm -hmm. is just what Greg says took place, and there's no evidence that they ever had that conversation. It's just his word. And In
2: what world is a life insurance policy a bad idea if you have the means to do it? Right? I don't—
1: Ah. And pretty damningly, Greg did attempt to take out a claim on his wife's policy that he thought she had. Oh, for God's sakes. Two months after her death and then was shocked to discover that she did not have a life insurance policy in place.
2: Oh, Jesus. What a fucking idiot. Yeah.
1: So it all looks really bad for Greg. And ultimately, I do think he did it. But. Here's the case for suicide. At trial, the defense went with Greg's third explanation of events, that at the time of the crash, he was driving with Susie sitting in the passenger seat, but that she grabbed the car's steering wheel and deliberately caused it to veer into the tree in an attempt to take her own life and possibly his. And there is some potential evidence to indicate Susie may have been contemplating suicide at the time. So in 2017 at the trial. I don't know why it took so long for there to be a trial. Cuz she was she died in 2008, late 2008, and then there the first trial was in 2017.
0: I wonder if it took this long to like compile all the evidence or something.
2: Yeah, it sounds like it. So just it seems like this circumstantial evis- evidence has just been mounting in the years after.
0: Yeah, and I know that you can mount cases on circumstantial evidence, but it is way harder. Right. Oh
2: yeah, but you know, if it if, to me, if it were me, and I know this wouldn't be admissible in court, but like the last straw would be his secret wife of seven years. Right. I know. Pretty damning. Yeah. So in 2017,
1: the police seized a letter from the Borden property written in Susie's handwriting. The note was addressed to, quote, those who I love and adore. Uh Uh-oh. And included lines such as, quote, when I am gone, release me and let me go. Quote, it's time I traveled alone. And although you can't see or touch me, I'll be near.
2: Are you sure so she bad. wasn't just writing down like Bob Dylan lyrics? <laughs> <laughs> Cuz it super sounds like it. Yeah, I don't like know. Dust in the Wind. Yeah, I'm
1: not sure <laughs> and I love why that song. why was this note not shared earlier? But yeah. but it's they say they say pretty conclusively that it was written in her handwriting. And in court Greg's defense team argues that this was in fact a suicide note.
2: Also, it, but okay.
1: also, just two days before her death, Susie sent an email to her sister, Virginia, lamenting that year's poor farming season and financial troubles, 2008 was a shitty year for everyone financially, mm-hmm. saying, quote, things Great are not- for rap music, though. It's <laughs> true. Great for hip hop. Um, <laughs> Saying, quote, things are not so good here. Greg is just so flat because it was all looking so good and now it's all been snatched away. So they were having a very bad year financially. Mm. But the same email. So that sounds really bad, right? It also, I think, speaks more to Greg's mental state than Susie's saying Greg is just so flat.
2: I agree. He's like Yeah, she's like away. finding
0: Yeah, she's like finding a, a
1: change
2: in him. way
0: to say that her husband has changed and she's like confiding this in her loved one.
1: Yeah, and trying to come up with an explanation for it when we know he's off getting his boner rubbed. Yeah, for real. <laughs>
0: <laughs> his boner rubbed.
1: Don't don't uh, mince words. Yeah, don't know? sugarcoat it. That's extra. So um, the, <laughs> the email also read, quote, we've been through hard times before and we just have to rise to the challenge. So to me, that sounds mm-hmm. pretty optimistic. Well, it sounds like
0: a spouse who wants to... Make it work, right? And stay in the marriage, yeah,
2: yeah. you're a you're a farmer in a town of one hundred and sixty four people in like the Australian bush. Of course, you're gonna try to make it work. That's like your whole right, you know yeah, and what you do. I'm sure
1: they've had bad farming years before this and made it through, yeah, she
0: didn't try to harm herself then, as far as we know. So,
1: yeah. Um, It's also really important to note that the farm was a multi-million dollar property. So, like, they might have had financial difficulty and, like, trouble keeping it. Like, they might have been risking losing the farm. And it was a family farm. And I know that that is, like, an emotional thing. But worst case scenario, they would have sold it for millions of dollars. So, like, they weren't going to be destitute. Right. It's not like the fucking... Great Depression over here for right. this family. The potato famine. Yeah. Okay. And then finally, last last thing in the case for suicide, um, in the days prior to the crash, Susie may have also taken sleeping pills, quote, while she was sleepwalking.
2: Ooh, weird. Hmm.
1: And Greg carried her to the car and brought her to the hospital to be assessed by doctors. But uh, is this the thing that he what? claims? Well, she did go to the hospital from taking sleeping pills. Right. In that time period. I think they've confirmed that. Whatever. He crushed them and put them in her evening tea. Right. So in my opinion, we don't actually know that she took those pills knowingly. Right. Or knowingly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly where That's my brain's she going. She was incapacitated in that fucking car. Right. So this mm-hmm. could have they been... They couldn't a- have taken a toxicology because she was crispy. Yeah, mm-hmm. She crispy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God. Mm. So this could have been a first murder attempt by Greg poisoning his wife or like filling her with sleeping pills and then panicking and mm-hmm. taking her to the hospital and like mm-hmm. regretting it and then trying again a few weeks later. I think. So Elise, one of the daughters testified that she believed her parents had a loving relationship and that they got on particularly well and that her father would never do such a thing. And then Felicity also stood by her father at trial, describing her parents' relationship as, quote, very happy and loving. So both of the now adult daughters are, like, standing by the dad, he didn't do this, this was a tragic accident. I mean,
0: the dad who has been in a secret marriage for seven years with the woman he cheated on your mom with. Mm-hmm. But, and it, I think it's so challenging to have children, or not children like in age, but like the children of defendants mm-hmm. testify because our view of our parents is always
2: different than reality. Yeah. Very hard to be objective. As the child of somebody being accused of that this kind of thing. That and
0: because most parents will not... Disclose like marital issues or financial burdens or things like Mm -hmm. that to their children. So in a lot of situations, of course the kids are going to be like, oh yeah, no, my dad's not capable of that because, yeah, yeah, because they put it on, they put on a show for
2: the family. Mm -hmm. And your mom's already gone. Like, do you really want to then lose another parent? Even subconsciously, do you, is your brain really going to let you think that your dad killed your mom if there's evidence to suggest otherwise? Probably not. Right, right, right. Right.
1: Also, like, he they were having such bad financial difficulties, but he gave over 16 grand to his mistress in a couple weeks. Yeah, what the fuck? Like fuck you dude. Nino. So anyway, um, the Western Australia Supreme Court jury deliberated for three full days, but ultimately failed to reach a unanimous verdict.
0: Son of a bitch. Six circumstantial cases. It's really fucking hard. I know. Mm. And this was
1: this was this year. This was in April. Wow.
2: I don't think, given the given the evidence that you've put forward, yes, as a as a what I am right now, a podcaster speculating wildly about this, I absolutely think that he did it. But as a juror, I would not be able to convict this guy based on what we've talked about.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'd have to be there in person, but it. I could see what you're saying like the the burden of proof is like very high if you're an actual right. juror and not a drunk podcaster. Yeah. And when you're yeah when you're a juror you
0: actually have an
1: ethical <laughs> and not responsibility. Just a drunk juror.
0: to be critical of all the information. We don't have that ethical responsibility. We get to just say whatever the fuck we want. Right,
1: and he fucking did it because he's a piece of shit. So anyway. A thousand percent. (laughs) We are still waiting to hear from the director of public prosecutions whether or not they will attempt a second trial soon. I'm guessing they will, but maybe they want to wait for more evidence. I'm not sure. So it was was basically Mm. like a mistrial so they can have another go at him. Gregory Paul Johnston was released on bail and has returned to the farm where his wife died, and the nuclear family remains united around him. The daughters are like, yeah, he kept his marriage a secret for seven years and cheated on our mom. But it's fine. But that's his business. Whatever. Um, However, Susie's side of the family, her six siblings and their spouses and everything, believe that Greg Johnston murdered their beloved sister and they have told reporters that they will continue to fight for justice.
0: Oh my god! If I like suspiciously lost my sister, like I love my brother-in-law. Hi, David. Mm-hmm. But, but I would fucking not did it. fucking rest <laughs> oh, if yeah. I thought you did it. I would be up your ass so hard mm-hmm. forever. Like mm-hmm. you would just want to go to jail as the alter the better alternative mm-hmm. to having me torture you for the rest <laughs> of your fucking
1: life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, and that is a threat. That, yes,
0: I'm. I'm outwardly threatening you, yeah. David. I, I'm threatening you right now. All right. You harp a hair on her
1: head. <laughs> they're
2: like, <laughs> after all the macaroni and cheese she's
1: made for you. Yeah. They're like so <laughs> happily married. Okay. That is my case. Should we hear a quick word uh, from our sponsors? Yes. Oh, while yeah.
0: I sit here in frustration that this case is not wrapped up in a neat little package. I Let's know. do it. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy.
1: You can get seasonal, simple recipes. I need simple. Mm -hmm. And pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door every week. Get it. And all meals come together in 30 minutes max. And they call for less than two pots and pans and require minimal cleanup. I love that so much. I hate doing dishes. Dishes is my least
0: favorite thing in the world. (laughs) I'll eat it right out of the pan just to save the
2: Tory play. I don't care. That's not safe. Okay. (laughs) Uh, You've got three plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family, with the option to switch between those plans for when your tastes change. I personally like the veggie plan, and my favorite dish is the chickpea-powered Mediterranean couscous. You
0: love it. Oh, my gosh. You've made that, like, once a week since we started doing (laughs) Hello
1: Fresh. Seriously. I know.
2: I've learned so many new things. They've got zucchini and heirloom grape tomatoes. It's perfect for summer. There's some feta. In there. Mm. It's just nice and light for the summertime, but also like I'm a little bit obsessed with it, so I make it year round. But
0: it's delicious. It's amazing. And you can get $80 off your first month of HelloFresh by going to HelloFresh.com forward slash gals80 and entering the promo code GALS80. Again, that is $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. By going to HelloFresh.com forward slash GALS80, that's gals eight zero. is like eight meals for free. I mean, come on, what do you have to lose? Go to HelloFresh.com forward slash GALS80 and enter that promo code GALS80 and treat yo. Meals. Belly. Did you know that the FDA does not require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their menstrual care products, so most of them don't? It. Mm -hmm. Lola offers complete transparency, thank you, about the ingredients found in their tampons, pads, liners, and wipes. (laughs) Most major brands use a mix of synthetic ingredients in their products, including rayon and polyester. I don't even want it on my skin on a hot day. Good for yoga
1: pants, not good for
0: don't want inside, up inside. <laughs> their menstrual care products may also be treated with harsh chemical cleansing agents hate it fragrance hate it and dyes only in my hair please <laughs> lola products are 100 percent organic cotton with no added chemicals fragrances synthetics or dyes thank you
1: jesus bless <laughs> lola now offers cleansing wipes that are safe for use anywhere mm. on the body And they are the first biodegradable, all-natural wipe of their kind. Perfect for a midday refresh. I carry these puppies in my purse. She do. They Mm -hmm. are great for
2: on-the-go. She got Lola wipes in her bag. They're (laughs) perfect for a mid-transatlantic flight Uh as well.
1: Mid-flight refresh. They are individually packaged and perfect for on-the-go. And they are gynecologist-approved and hypoallergenic. Amazing.
2: Couldn't be better. So for 40% off all subscriptions... Visit MyLola.com and enter the promo code GALS40 when you subscribe. Again, that is 40% off all subscriptions. Visit MyLola.com, enter that promo code GALS40 when you subscribe. Treat yo uterus. Treat it. Treat yo monk. All right. So, like I
0: said earlier, my case is an actual accident, but it was so out <laughs> of <a> left field. <laughs> LOL. (laughs) That I couldn't help but cover it. So get ready to fall in love with my main man, Mike Edwards. Okay. Mike was born on May 31st, 1948, and grew up in South Ealing, London, England. (laughs) So you know what that
2: means. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> I am once again stealing Kenyon's bit and giving y'all some geography. Geography. Yes. It's pronounced geography. Mm, geography. Geography. South Ealing is north of Dorking. <laughs> south of Biggleswade. <laughs> east of Speen. Oh. <laughs> 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 It sounds like and a euphemism quest,
2: for jizz
0: I know right uh, Blast some speen Oh my god it back. does
1: <laughs>
0: Speen It's the substance and the act I'm gonna speen all <laughs> up inside you girl Yeah, it's about Too
1: the Too much noun dorking and results in speen
0: <laughs> Incredible <laughs> And quest of old Wives leaves Old
1: wives Old
0: wives leaves <laughs> Which is where I plan on retiring Yeah I want to go to Dorking. I know. Yeah. You founded Dorking. I'm Dorking. Dork anyway. King. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mike had an adoration for music from an early age. It was encouraged to hone his musical talents by his music teacher, John Railton, who worked at the Erling Grammar School for Boys that Mike attended as a youth. Hmm? Ealing? Erling. Oh. oh sorry. Ealing. <laughs> okay. Ealing.
2: I can't read. Speed. I'm coloring an eel on my coloring sheet right now. No way. No <laughs> way. Oh. <laughs> I've anyway, been working on this puppy for weeks.
0: Here for it. Music ran in the family. Mike's father, Frank, was a cellist who sadly died suddenly when Mike was only 14 years old. Um, Mike said in a 2009 interview in which I will recreate his accent. <clears throat> yes. There was a cello that was destined to be mine because it was at my home and it was sitting in our front room on a kind of shelf above the fireplace and it was just sitting there forever and my father had played it, but he didn't, I never heard him play it, but it wasn't until I was 12 that was I, uh, large enough, laughs, ha <laughs> ha cause I'm quite small. I'm actually only five foot four, you know, so I'm quite small in stature, you know, so it took me till 12.
1: <laughs> Good. Red flag. They don't measure I love him in feet. So much. <laughs> they do for height, I think. <laughs> I
0: oh. think they do as well.
2: <laughs> he did it. He did it. <laughs> He's secretly an American. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's the case. His father's <laughs> sudden death left his mother Lillian to raise Mike and his brother all on her own, which is super sad. Um, but fortunately they seemed like really good. Kids. Uh, Mike studied piano but always wanted to play the cello just like his father. And under the musical tutelage of John Railton and cellist Maurice Combe Wilson, Mike's talent grew and grew, and he joined the Ealing Youth Orchestra.
2: He, wait, once he was big enough. Oh, once he was tall <laughs> enough, he had to wait till small. he was about 12.
0: More than, more than sixty you know? centimeters tall. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, that's very Australian slash South African. Not at all
2: British. <laughs> okay so long and short mike was crushing
0: it like every young graduate after high school mike took a super boring but stable job that only took a year to totally crush his soul Always. because it was at a bank <laughs> and how could people even work in banks i would be so bored oh, oh my god yeah it's, so it's tough. At- Sounds awful. So after that year of being a boring bank dude, he was like, "Nah, I don't want to do this. I want to make a career in music." Mm-hmm. So he auditioned for the Royal Academy of Music and slayed. Oh wow! Getting to continue to expand his talents as a cellist and violaist.
2: Mm. <laughs> Violist.
0: Violist (laughs) He had primarily been a classical cellist But this amazing opportunity with Royal Academy Of Music allowed him to expand his music Knowledge to include jazz And big band music It was in the late 60s In fucking England This dude was in it at the right time, oh, like oh, right, learning right, music right. and getting into music.
1: I forgot that oh my this God. was Do the Beatles sort of making an appearance. Old timey.
0: The Beatles don't make an appearance, but someone arguably better does.
1: Oh.
0: <gasps> Cue Elvis. next line. With nowhere to go but up from the Royal Academy of Music, Mike joined the motherfucking Electric Light Orchestra <gasps> in 1972. Cool. What? He like helped found Yellow <laughs> they're they're that. I essential. love this guy so much.
1: Yeah, <laughs> BNO, Bear, played, er, Bear, BNL, bare naked ladies. They're that essential. Exactly. They're that but, essential. But actually,
0: he played with the band for three years and was with them when they did their first ever live performance. He did leave the band in 1975, um, but it was totally totally amicable. He just knew that like the orchestral rock and roll life wasn't really his jam, <laughs> and he wasn't always pumped to be playing non-classical cello. Um he said not that before everyone. No, it's not for everyone. He said that before joining ELO he was quote very straight. Before I joined ELO <laughs> I had two albums, Aftermath and Revolution, The Beatles and the Stones. I was dreadfully straight in those days. Laughs. Ha ha. <laughs> I was just in that classical music tradition. It was a bit of a shock to join ELO actually. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> bit, of asked, bit of a shock. Bit of a shock.
0: Can you see why I needed to cover this? I just wanted to do the accent. (laughs) Um, when asked how he ended up with ELO. Mike chuckled and responded, you know, everybody goes through their own things in life. And I'd met this beautiful girl the summer before this. This was in about February, March of 1972. And the year before I'd met this beautiful girl and fallen in <laughs> love. She came from Yugoslavia, which is something different now. And anyway, she wasn't writing back to me. So I got quite depressed. And so there was this opportunity came with ELO to do something completely different. And somehow there are times when one's life just changes. And this was a pivotal moment for me I have no regrets You
1: turned real but Australian But I would have carried on
0: Very much down the classical route You know There wasn't great interest In pop music or anything As I say I only had those two albums If the
2: girl. Royal Academy Hadn't prepared so, me For all the cocaine He got like blown off By the
0: Yugoslavian woman That he fell in love with It was like How do I recover from Love Lost Join ELO <laughs> Nice <laughs>
1: Living the dream But For a
0: dude who loved to bust classical cello tunes, he was certainly (laughs) known for his (laughs) non-traditional playing style. Hmm. Mike quickly became a crowd favorite with his exploding cello and rather unique solo party piece that involved playing the cello with a grapefruit. (laughs) 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 Oh God, does this end in some
2: horrible cello accident? Oh my God, does it explode on him?
0: no is he allergic to
2: grapefruit <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> just just wait i am setting you all up to be sad because this guy is my favorite um when asked about these weirdo party tricks he replied so as things transpired i found myself doing more and more things and if i did one thing one time in a performance inspirationally the other people in the band who didn't do very much came up to me and said mike that was great, and you must do that every night, laughs. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a bit, like, trapped in a way because I was doing things and they wanted me to repeat things, and then somebody had this idea that we should have a, an exploding cello. It wasn't my idea at all, you know. <laughs> I didn't really fancy it. But they had this thing built, which was an exploding cello, and it didn't actually play. And we had this thing where Hugh would be playing this piece and I would be miming it onto this cello, and then I'd have a button to press on the floor, laughs. Ha, ha. ha. I put my foot on this button, and then the whole thing would spark and then just fall apart. Then we'd have to put it back together for the next day. They spent (laughs) all this money on this thing, you know, and I had to do it. But, you know, it was just a bit of fun, really.
2: Oh, it was all the cocaine. (laughs) So this
0: exploding cello that he didn't even want, that they spent a bunch of of money to build, he had to pop it every night, and then he himself would have to help Put it back together to use get it to the, the play next his day. Own instrument. Yeah, that he's not even getting to
1: play during the Pantomime show. Pantomiming the cello like I did with the oboe in middle school. <laughs> I feel All for right.
2: him. I never played a single real note.
1: You God, our were truly next an show, we're getting
2: an exploding mic stand. Done. <laughs> an exploding oboe. <laughs>
0: So after he left ELO in 1975 he really leaned into like the worldwide trend of devotion to Indian mystics. Ooh. The Beatles. So he Huh? The Beatles. Exactly, the Beatles. Beatles. Paul McCartney <laughs> So he fell in with the Rajneesh movement, Mm -hmm. which was actually considered pretty controversial at the time because the founder, Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, was openly hostile toward traditional moral values of Indian culture. Mm -hmm. And Rajneesh was even uh, banned in what was then the Soviet Union because the movement was quote contrary to positive aspects of Indian culture and to the aims of the youth protest movement in Western countries.
1: And wasn't he like a cult leader? leader
0: uh, he wasn't a cult leader, but he was just a little bit more radical and was into, like, social justice rather than just, like, following the traditions of, like, Indian mystics.
2: Are we sure this that wasn't he's the, not um, the cult guy? I don't. There, there was I, a group I, in the U.S. in, like, like, a documentary on Netflix about yeah Wasn't it the Rajneeshis yeah. or something like that? Well, yeah. he might have been culty. He I don't was a know. cult that leader. Be... Sure.
0: I'm, I'm not sure, so I'm not going to confirm that. Okay. I don't know. Also,
2: religions to cults is a spectrum. It's it's a
0: slippery slope. Um, Anyway, so Mike still had some rock and roll in him Joined this movement, changed his name to Pramada, which means divine contentment. Mm -hmm. He was living his best life. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) He continued to play music well into the 90s and early aughts, but, but on September 3rd of 2010, Mike Pramada Edwards... Electric light would be tragically snuffed out
2: mm-hmm. Oh no,
1: I liked him
0: I know When, while driving near his home in Devon, England A 1,300 pound hay bale Rolled down a hillside and collided with his van Jeez What the fuck? Yup He was okay. killed instantly and you can actually see on the drive slash on our blog at wine and crime how just completely crushed the cab of the van is like the dude had no chance whatsoever. Oh, and then there's just like shit. sprayed yeah. hay everywhere. everywhere.
2: Oh man. It's
0: real, real sad. Um, the owner of the farm and a contractor working that day were immediately investigated to assess if any blatant negligence was to blame for this bizarre accident. So Brian Burden, the farm owner and Russell Williams, the independent contractor were taken to court to settle the matter. The court was told Mr. Williams was a self-employed contractor who had been bailing up cut grass for silage on Mr. Burden's farm on the day of Mr. Edwards death. Mr. Burton used used to do the job himself, but had started contracting the work out to Mr. Williams some years before. Mm-hmm. Mr. Williams told investigators that he had left the bail, quote, halfway down the field on a clear, dry day. Um, mm-hmm. Robert Lowe, who was prosecuting the case, Rob told the court Lowe! that the manu... Rod Rod Lowe. Lowe! Was in a wig um, And told the court that the manufacturers of Balers the machines used to compress raked Crops into bales said those using The equipment should take quote suitable measures To eliminate the risk of bales rolling Or tipping over Mm -hmm. So what the defendants were saying Was that part of that Elimination of risk Is uh, for The bales to be ejected Across a slope So it's like Not gonna roll down the slope. You go like horizontally across the slope, like with like a grocery
1: grocery cart on a
0: hill. Exactly. You want to go like across, not down. Mm
2: -hmm. Also, like when you park your car on a hill, if you're Mm -hmm. facing up, you turn away from the curb, and you're facing down the hill, you turn your wheel to towards the curb, right? I I don't know. On a hill, no matter what, you turn your
0: tires toward the curb so that if your car starts to s- I don't remember because it's, no, so, it's, it's up up it's, and
2: away up up and away you turn it's, it
0: the uh, the intention is that if your car starts to slip like if the brake fails you're going into the curb and not into traffic
2: right so if you're if you if your wheel is turned away from the curb and you start and the car starts to slip, then the wheels will catch on the curb and your yeah, car won't move. If you're
0: facing uphill. Yeah, and it depends then, on yeah, if you're, you're facing going, down the If hill, you, you would want be to
1: going, going down the hill and forward or reverse, basically.
0: Yes, yeah, so up, similar, up similar physics. Um, so yeah, they denied, making, they denied failing to make a suitable risk assessment and that this was just like a totally freak fucking thing. Uh-huh. And what's also completely bonkers about it is that like this is not a busy road it was He just was just timing. Mike was in the yeah the timing was literally perfect for the worst possible thing to happen That's so in sad. March of 2011 in Plymouth an inquest jury returned a verdict of accidental death uh for Mr. Edwards and after that hearing uh Mike Edwards family apparently like Um, Campaigned for new safety rules To prevent similar tragedies from happening Oh my god Not that these are common tragedies But like massive Massive hay bale Like 1300 pound hay bale Rolls down a fucking hill and crushes your car Like really Really I. It's a freak accident but it also did not need to happen It did not need to happen
1: Add it out for him and it out for him. <laughs> it was a murder, the a, babe. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's so that's my case. awful. That's terrible. So sad. All right. Well, time to take up the cello. Yeah. Well, the exploding yeah. cello, because I could mime it, mm. but I couldn't play it. Right. 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 All right. Special thanks. Ready. Let's thank them. So shout out to our fan picker Emily Blair. This I love this topic. I am genuinely mm. always fascinated by like, is this an accident? Is this a murder? I love that. So thank you, Emily Blair. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yes. And thank you,
0: Elijah Harlem, for giving $5 a month. Harlem, Harley know. Him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blew that load pretty early. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Thank you to Alicia Marie Gunzell. Mm. You are quick as a gazelle, Alicia mm. Marie. Thank you so much for your five bucks a month. And thank you to Jamie Kowalski.
1: Kowalski's Market Ooh, is... You've got a great
2: deli. Yeah. Pretty a delicious. Deli.
1: a
0: great selection of organic produce. Organic meat. pasta.
1: All right. Thank you, Jamie Kowalski. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Taylor
0: Marie Bradford. Taylor, hardly know her. Oh, Jesus.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's I'm going to try to two Marie's to almost it. in a row. I love it. Ichabod Marie Bradford. The- Ichabod Marie is still my favorite
2: name. <laughs> okay. Thank you to Zoe Wilson. Could be Zoe. We'll never know. There's no way to definitely know, Zo. not Zo, so. Zozo gadget Wilson. Thank you so much <laughs> for your five bucks a month. And thank you, Kate Madison. You matter to
1: us, Kate Madison.
0: <gasps> hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Do matter or
0: matter? And thank you to Abby Goodrich. And Abby would also like to shout out her friends Megan and Melinda. And they are the reason that she fell in love with the podcast. They're your gateway gals. Gateway
1: gals, <sighs> Megan and Melinda. Thank you, Abby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love so it. thank you
0: for
2: sharing your good riches with us. Oh. Mm. Thank you also to Irvin Durwall. I bet you're good at putting up drywall. You are almost your last name. Rare (laughs) as a narwhal. Ooh. Ooh. Irvin. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Irvin.
1: And thank you to Sarah
2: Bartolomucci.
1: I want to give you a smoochie with consent. Thank you, Sarah. I bet it's Bartolomucci. Bartolomucci. Stanley Tucci.
0: (laughs) Tucci Bartolomucci. Susan Lucci. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Deja Alexis Bell. I'm getting Ooh. deja vu over here, mm-hmm. and you're really ringing my bell. Ooh. Rain Thank you for your $5 bell. a month, Dinesh. Thank you,
2: Ring Caitlin my Godwin. My bell. God Sorry, <laughs> you continue supporting us with your five bucks mm-hmm. a month, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. And Lindsay
1: Broughton, you done brought it. Thank you Lindsay Broughton. Thank you Mana Yamaski. Nope. Nope. Yamasaki.
0: <laughs> I don't know how I missed that other A. <laughs> I'm tired and drunk. Anyway, what did you we say? Their Whatever. D- I said Yamaski. I missed the <laughs> A after S. <clears throat> it happens. <laughs> Anyway, they increased their donation from $1 to $5 a month and, quote, I'd like to shout out my roommate, Disa. Thank you for introducing me to Wine and Crime and congratulations on your own podcast rollout. Your passion for true crime and life in general has been both therapeutic and inspirational. A gateway gal and a podcaster. I love it.
1: You are manna from heaven. Thank you
0: both. You're manifesting your destiny. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. (laughs)
2: You're decent. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Candace Maury, who also increased their pledge from two dollars and fifty cents to five dollars a month. They gave Maury. Yeah, Candace gave Maury. Weekend at Maury's. Love it. <laughs> weekend at Maury's.
0: Oh, wait, isn't it Tuesdays with Maury yeah. and weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> yes. I just
2: blended them. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> weekend at Maury's. Oh. I you know. Tuesdays oh, that with Bernie.
1: <laughs> well they both that involve crossover.
2: death that death, no one wants yeah. to come to terms with to
1: be exactly an old man name i'm on
0: to something
1: all right <laughs> shout out to melissa dantic who is kicking off our ten dollars a month tier you're gonna be getting weekend a at <laughs> weekend at dantic's you are gonna be getting a fucking patriarchy wine glass because we love your antics Mm-hmm. I'm
2: frantic for Melissa. Oh, Dantic. Yeah. hmm hmm Uh,
0: you are also getting a fucking patriarchy wine glass, Rob Davis, who I am changing to Rob Thomas, because it's 3 a.m. and I must be lonely <laughs> for your donation. <laughs> <laughs> our Rob Thomas sing-along, our Matchbox 20 <gasps> sing-along in South Beach, Florida. Have we talked at a about full this on restaurant. the restaurant?
2: No. no, so we were on
0: the Florida tour and we went out to <laughs> dinner with Scott and our other friend Courtney and we were on a patio and we'd had some f- f- shots. Some,
2: the waiter brought over a couple of So many of free rounds. shots. Of free and shots. And <laughs> they were,
0: this place was playing the 90s jams mm. and matchbox 20 came on and without missing a beat we all just started singing like at the top of our lungs yeah and we kind of thought we had the patio to ourselves but didn't really see that like behind a wall of plants there was a, a full patio it was like a bachelorette <laughs> party like a and bunch of yeah. tables. Go reaming. so we screamed this matchbox 20 song and it ended with wild applause from the other <laughs> side
1: of the patio like oh no <laughs> did not think yeah. people could hear us we were also situated right in front of the speaker so i kind of thought no one yeah. could hear us oh my god yeah no, yeah. no. it was the opposite oh <laughs> yep that happened all right thank you rob thomas david yeah
2: need a raincoat <laughs> oh okay. my god Thank you, Nicole Devereaux, mm-hmm. for your $10 a month. You are such a beau, Nicole Devereaux. Mm-hmm.
0: Devilish devilish. You're
2: obviously also like a fucking debutante. From mm-hmm. A character mm-hmm. in double jeopardy. Um,
1: <laughs> thank you, Annalisa Bell. You ring my bell. We get to sing it again. Do we? sing my bell.
0: Ring my bell bell Okay <clears throat> Courtney Ross Increased their donation from $2 to $10 a month You can increase your donation at any time And it is encouraged So now You gonna get yourself a fucking patriarchy Wine glass mm-hmm. You are the
2: Bob to my Ross Courtney Ross mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kicking off the trash queen or king or both or neither level is Megan Claritch. Claritch. I can see you with utmost clarity. I can, Megan. I can <laughs> see you clerically
1: now. <laughs>
0: The <laughs> rain is gone. <laughs> Larissa's Hall.
1: And thank you, Larissa Hall. <laughs> Megan
0: Cleric now, Larissa Hall. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Larissa.
1: I can't top that, so I'm just moving on.
0: I can see all Jackie Dillio's in my way. Thank you for your $15 donation. Ooh, what's Keep the Dillio, going?
2: Jackie? <laughs> Love it. Thank you to Catherine Lillian... You're, you're, you're the best cath
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be like catch. you're quite the cath oh my god I thought you were going with a catheter joke I was like I don't think I don't get I it I love it no but now that you mention it yeah <laughs> when I cath <laughs> I need uh, dusty, dusty trash from Lucy's house. I know when I cast. Oh, what a terrible combo. Ooh, I just got chills.
0: <laughs> dusty trash in your catheter, catheter,
1: catheter would and be dusty terrible. trash. <laughs> no. 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 All right. Thank you, Angela Estes, also a trash queen or king or neither or both. Uh, <laughs> you are the bestie, Angela Estes. Mm. <laughs> and
0: thank you to Hannah Chastain and Victoria for their twenty-five dollar a month donation. Holy The days. friends that donation together stay together. Mm-hmm. And y'all will get to pick a topic and or
1: crime and/or wine and/or all 3
0: mm-hmm. So send Love us it. your
1: shiz. Send an email to wine and crime Podcast yes. at gmail.com.
2: Last but not least, Teresa Brunsman, your $50 once off donation Woo. is greatly appreciated. And if, as a friendly reminder, if you are like all of Amanda's ex boyfriends and can't mm-hmm. commit, mm-hmm. you can make a once off donation at our big cartel store, which we've plugged probably 17 times in this episode. White and Crime Podcast at bigcartel.com. Yes. Love it. Uh, Teresa Brunsman, you. Our fundsman. You are funds. You've got
1: bruns of steel. Thank you, Teresa. Oh. <laughs> all Thank right, you that's all. it.
2: We'll talk to you next week. We love you. Mm-hmm. Bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. Pod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Most importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers!
1: Hello friends, we are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Have you ever wondered if Jenny's head really did fall off when they removed the green ribbon? Or if aliens are hiding in the tails of comets waiting to take us away? Or if there's any scientific basis to the Ouija board? Well then don't risk your search history and join us each Thursday as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie new episodes are released every thursday you can find us on apple podcasts stitcher spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts more information about the show including show notes and links to our social media can be found on our website theladiesestrange.com keep it strange lovelies